This is the Reading Aloud Podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) All right. Are you a silver fox? I mean, am I turning into one? I feel like I'm more like a silver muskrat. (laughs) Do you know that you have red in your hair? Uh, no. Like lots of shades of red. Lots of shades of red. I bet it's summertime. You have lots of shades of red. It's because it's I've been getting a lot of sun. It's that tan. Which is exactly what I just said. Yep. Yep. Well, summertime. Love a good reframe. Love a good reframe. I love Ooh, I'm, I'm a, a good big fan mansplain. of Mansplain reframe. The old mansplain reframe. Yeah. Um, should we talk about Nice Guys Finishing Last? Speaking of mansplain reframe, gears turn. Pull well, the fast gears, one. No, no, yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I thought we were. Anyway, um, yeah. Let's talk about nice guys finish last. I had, I made this comment to you the other day, and we we're like, "Ooh, that would be a good podcast." And then I haven't really thought about it since then, so I'm excited to kind of like flow in and get into this conversation. Yeah, I haven't thought about it either, but but I'm excited to talk to you about it. Okay. Folks on this podcast know that within our relationship, we've talked about this a lot, continue to try to like cultivate and find kind of my voice in our relationship and and kind of find my path. And it's been going through transitions and changes and the baby and all that. When I'm trying to learn how to express myself in a more like firm, strong, grounded way, sometimes it comes off a little clunky. So, you know, I've just been trying to find my voice in this. But here's where it kind of comes in with Nice Guys Finish Last is I am generally a very easygoing person who is conflict avoidant, right? So we could we could label Nice Guys Finish Last as like somewhat conflict avoidant. They're kind of easygoing. They're not going to bite back. They're going to be like, okay, I hear you. I'm going to move on. Like, you know, and that comes with its own set of problems. But that conflict avoidance has caused a lot of, you know, issues with me. And so I'm trying to be more upfront, open, honest with what I'm feeling and experiencing in that moment. But it also then it comes back to bite me because when I because I'm a nice guy, when I express feelings of frustration or I express emotion about something, it comes across as kind of much more intense or serious than it is because I don't normally do that as opposed to someone who is kind of constantly lashing out or constantly. And let me be clear, lashing out and expressing emotions are different things. But like to somebody who's a kind of aggressive, more aggressive, dominant type, then the goalposts shift for that. Mm -hmm. So as a person, as a nice guy, quote unquote, who's trying now to be more expressive, then, you know, you know, it's a little bit of a catch 22. So there's two things here, because we've talked about nice guys finish last in a completely different way before, which is around the fact that there's like a storyline narrative out there of women want the bad guy. They want the unattainable. They want somebody because there's this norm around the patriarchy and dominance. And we, you know, we want somebody who's just going to tell us what to do and be really, you know, possessive in some ways and also dangerous and hard to get. And 
there is an attraction to that. Do you think that comes from like a protection aspect? Like, like wanting to be protected? Yes. Well, and they're going to stand, you know, they're going to. Well, a lot of the times it's the asshole. So then it doesn't feel very protective at all. It feels very much like I'd be lucky to be dating this person. And when they choose to like me, now I'm on fire because or, I made it into that impossible world of this person. Or is it like I will handle as a woman the possessiveness the jealousy and the maybe verbal abuse that I get because I know that if I'm in danger I am theirs oh, and sure they will yeah they will kill anything that tries Gets to like harm me so there's so, like a strength like a perceived strength yeah, about it exactly uh, you know this is this is interesting because you have to be a bad guy just for lack of a better term and you have to be one of those women to have this conversation and i don't know i get the allure of the pseudo danger like living on the edge it's just thrill and i don't know that i've ever gone for i know when i when i'm hanging out with a bad guy i don't have any illusion that i'm going to keep that person it's more just like i'll take the thrill i'll take the motorcycle you went for the ride. drummers what does that mean well you know the bad guy the I went like for ag- people who didn't aggressive have a guy life. he's the front man he's the guitarist no, you babe, know it was okay. worse than that it was worse <laughs> for one i i dated the guitarist the bass players i was gonna say the bass players are the are the cool ones they got rhythm i think he was a bass player Maybe he was a good, he was a bass player. Listen, the point is, is the the bad guys that I picked were bad. They just like, all they did was drink. That was it. <laughs> and take me on motorcycle rides, which I know is a very scary combination, but it didn't happen in that order. You're still here. I, well, I, I never w- put myself in that dangerous of situations. I have some kind of radar against that. But the point is, is that mine were just kind of not doing anything with life. That's how bad it was. And I loved that. But I also never expected them to be mine. I was like, I'm not trying to make a relationship with you. I'm not going to try, but I will run in circles to have a good time. But a lot of the people I picked were great. Good people. Interesting. Loving. Okay. So that's another story. And I think that the thing about that, the dominance piece really plays into either something internally that people want, like women want to be take care, taken care of, or that's just the structure that gets put on us, that we think we need that level of caretaking. So what you're talking about is, I think it's very specific in our relationship too. So I'm curious to hear your broader perspective on what you're talking about and In our relationship, I think part of it is wanting, I've always wanted you to speak your mind because I do want you to feel strong. There is a sense of security when it's an energetic thing because I'm a strong person to get that equal parts pushback. However, your gentleness has also softened me. So there's been a give and a take there. And when you push back, I know that part of my reaction to that when when and if I don't like it is A, because you're practicing and I'm not very, I don't give you much grace for that. I've, I'm sometimes in the heat of the moment annoyed that you didn't do it right or something like that. Or you were too harsh. And then the other is just like, you know, it's hard to change. It's like, even though I wanted to change, this has always been our dynamic. So then you're like all of a sudden showing up as a forthcoming, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think you mentioned it there in the aspect of change. Our society supports 
and encourages men who are on dominant aggressive side, they get more encouragement and support for their change towards like toning that down than men who are quieter to use their voice and speak up. What makes you say that? Well, I think first and foremost, because men on a more aggressive side, they, they pose a bigger threat. There's an understanding that like they could be a problem or a danger to people in some type of violent way, whether that's verbally or physically or whatever. And so there's a focus on minimizing that threat. Men who are quieter, it is almost equally as important that they find a voice in this world, but they aren't really supported to go out there and find a voice. It's actually sometimes encouraged that you're nice and quiet and loving That's so great. You know, they get a lot of encouragement for being that, but nobody really knows how to work with them to find that voice. You know, society doesn't support them to find that voice. I think those are often men that feel isolated in a lot of ways. So you're saying that there's... And therefore they finish last. Oh, this oh, we're talking about finishing last, really, like in life. Wow. Yeah, because it's, you know, nice guys finish last has always been about like getting the girl or the relationship or whatever. But I hear you. This is a more meta, like a bigger context. So I appreciate hearing that. So what you're saying is there's a missed opportunity there. And we as a society are completely missing the point and the value of supporting men in becoming stronger with their voices and sharing their opinion something you yeah in a healthy way of course course. like we're not you know yeah so go ahead something you said earlier about let's just let's just assume that nice guys are also conflict avoidant I would say that's not true I don't think you bring in a lot of conflict but when conflict comes up I think you do a pretty good job with it until we hit that shutdown place. But other than that, you always say, I'm here to talk about this. I'm right here. I'll be here. I'm right here. Let's talk about it. I'm open to hearing anything else. Do you have anything else to say? Like, that's hard for people to do. Yeah. But what I was going to say is it's not conflict avoidance. I think it's like when I think of a quote unquote nice guy, I think of somebody who's compassionate, somebody who listens before they speak, somebody who's puts other people's uh, like prioritizes people's needs and just very considerate and loving. And it is interesting to me that from a relationship standpoint, that can sometimes not feel as attractive. Right. However, you are so attractive to me. You know, I don't know quite where this narrative lands. And clearly it's a continuum scale and there's no black or white answer. I think that men who are really good at listening and asking questions and being curious about their partner and not just talking about themselves all the time is very attractive to women Mm -hmm. generally. What was that? Was it Tignataro? Yeah, where it's like she's, she's like, like I love being a lesbian. Yeah. Because I men ignore women. They don't ask the questions. They don't they come home and she's they're like, just it's like it's so easy to pick up straight women. I just like I'm like, How was your day? And they're just like <laughs> the flood the begins. The flood begins. Like, I, yeah. yeah, I love that. Anyways, that's what we're talking about is that, that that is what a lot of people are looking for. Authors like Bell Hooks talk a lot about this, about how both women and men, people in general, just our culture and society perpetuates patriarchal thinking. Yeah. I think that it is true that men who listen and ask questions and whatnot 
that is an attractive quality, yet at the same time, it is not something that we associate with masculinity or being a man in this world. You would say, oh, to be a masculine man, if you listen, that's a feminine quality. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is. But at the same time, we say it as if having feminine qualities as a man is a bad thing. Yeah, no, I think this is interesting because all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've said that so many times. Like Adam is tuned into his more feminine side. You know, we talk about like your feminine side. And that is also why you relate to women. Like your friend group was largely women when we first met. And it's just like the the easy to relate and not in a way of like you spun around and they all spun around you kind of thing like you weren't the like yeah it was like you were able to actually those were the conversations that were most interesting to you because of how you like to relate to people through a lens of compassion and interest and curiosity and heart-centered and so you're totally right so would I stop saying feminine side no I don't I don't think so because clearly everybody has like feminine and masculine qualities in them I just think that the 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 growing point is as a culture and society and and I'll say you know here in the U.S. and the West we value men with strong masculine qualities and it is easier as a man with a strong masculine quality to incorporate there's all these memes on Facebook of like you know a guy who's like overly again dominant masculine if he does one small thing it's like celebrated like the 4th of July I mean it's like we throw off fireworks or like a dad who's never really taking care of the kids or change diapers he does it and everybody's like oh my gosh look oh, at yeah, him I get it all the time like oh my gosh you're so lucky to have a exactly a guy so can't... we praise that mm-hmm. but we don't equally praise a nice guy who has more feminine qualities and that is highlighted in his personality we don't equally praise him when he displays some more masculine qualities and so again Again, this is and it doesn't have to relate to men and women right. as a gender it's right. just you know those type of relationships too right. yeah. like when somebody gains strength i think it happens with women too as they gain strength oh they're a feminist oh they are man hater things like that exactly so it is still a little confusing to me because all of my friends you know i mean ha- people constantly hashtag relationship goals they say that to us hashtag like I want to find somebody like him he's a unicorn how do you find a guy like that all this stuff you know and I'm just thinking what is it that everybody loves about you when this isn't what people love again I I think I'm focusing it more on like the individual man as a society we want men to move in this in to incorporate a more traditionally feminine you know again we're talking about the listening the compassion the heart-centeredness to be in touch with emotions and that's a really good thing right we want men to do that and we're encouraging men to do that so maybe when folks see kind of how we interact on social media that's where that's coming from what do you think or my friends who know you well our friends what do you see happening when that moment where compassionate strength turns into being a pushover like what is happening there I mean that's a tricky question because it's I think it's based on individual scenarios but I think that is a symptom and a situation that is caused by the fact that we're also not supporting individual men who to be able to cultivate a more healthier version of those masculine qualities 
at the same time, men who are kind of oriented that way already, there's kind of very few resources out there for them to be like, okay, I'm doing all this, but I still don't feel fulfilled. You know, I still don't feel whole and I've doubled down on this and it's just making me even more sinking into myself. What do you think? And stepping back, stepping back, stepping back, stepping back. And all they're doing in life is stepping back because that now feels comfortable and normal. What do you think happens when you finish last? You know, when we talk about a nice guy finishing last, I think they feel there's a sense of failure. There is a lot of like self-deprecation. You don't feel supported. You don't feel loved. And you feel unworthy. And maybe not all at once or wrapped in, but like there's no place for you anymore. It's really a lost feeling. And I think that's a really dangerous feeling at the same time. Like that's a dangerous place to oh, be in. Of course. I have two questions. One, where do you, for the, for wherever that shows up in you, because I know at work you strike a pretty good balance. Yeah. Or do you feel like you still have some of that there? Um, I think I have moments in all directions. I think. There are some times when I'm a little too dominant. I think there are some times when I'm I'm a little too passive. I mean, I think at work, I, I you start to incorporate, uh, you know, quality, like leadership qualities, mm-hmm. which is different in a way of like your personal relationships. You you know, you're, you're in well, a... Well, yeah, leadership in a relationship, I think is important. There's there's definitely similarities, but I think in a professional setting, like that kind of leadership, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, in ways because there's like expertise and knowledge I don't know uh, to me there's it's not ex- totally different there are strong similarities but there are some differences um, but I think I strike generally a pretty good balance yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. then and so where did where did this come from for you because sometimes I'll just say something about Midwestern you being a Midwestern well I think it, it, you're you're almost hitting on it here's where my mind is going with this is this is about the story that you have about yourself at the end of the day and how that story is created and how you tell yourself that story. I think that like somebody with balance, somebody who has strength of their self and knows how to communicate and show up in a place of strength and at the same time is able to incorporate others' versions of the stories about them as a legitimate part of your story, that is a healthy individual, right? Uh, And if you're overly dominant, the only story you're telling yourself is the story that you have told yourself, that you are creating. You're seeing it. You're telling yourself this is what's happening. And anytime somebody gives you feedback on that story or anytime somebody offers a different story for what you've experienced, what you feel like you've experienced, you say no. That they don't understand and you come up with reasons why. So it's it's somebody who's able to receive an, an outside story and also show up in, with their own story, I think, is in a healthy place. And, you know, I think a nice guy is sometimes letting other people define them. And then a not nice guy, mean is, guy, is just guy. blowing through with their own story Absolutely. of themselves. Right. And not receiving feedback or any kind of input because it's just... That's what dominance is. And let me say, we are in a world right now where it is more important than ever that different perspectives 
help you define your own story because we are becoming more and more interconnected. And that is so much easier said than done. From an organizational perspective, my organization does a lot of environmental justice work. We're a white-led organization. It is critical for us to let communities of color give us feedback and input on how and what work we do out in the world. That is so much easier said than done when the feedback that you get is so different to any to everything that you've ever done. And it's really difficult to incorporate feedback like that, incorporate input like that, strategic input at a level that actually shifts what you do. Because it's so easy to say, well, I hear that, but this is how we've done things. And this is how we're going to do things. And this is why it's better, right? And this is why it's better. And this is why it fits for us. It's really, really, really easy. And it's really hard to change. And a lot of people talk about that. And I'm speaking at an organizational level here. Like a lot of people talk about that advisory group or this or this. And you have experience from being on nonprofit boards. It's really, really hard to, to switch those systems. And I think that we're at a place where internally and as people, we as, a, as, as individuals and as a culture are getting some really tough feedback right now. And we have done things in a certain way and they are comfortable and they, are, they work because we've done them the same way. But we're saying, hey, it doesn't work for everybody. And you as an individual are probably contributing to that. And it's really, really hard. So how would I use that feedback that you just said in, my, in our relationship? I love the quote, it's so urgent, we have to slow down. So talking to you, I would say the first thing that you do if I give you a piece of feedback is slow down. Because our initial reaction, typically an initial reaction is always to poke holes in the feedback and find everything that's wrong with it. As we've talked about too, oftentimes it's not about the exact words that are being used. It's about the bigger picture intention behind that. And you can't always see that right away. So by slowing down, you're allowing yourself to separate from the individual words and phrases that are being used in whatever feedback and to see the bigger picture, to have perspective on it, a perspective that only you can have. And then I think it's about like staying in the muck, staying in the dialogue for as long as it takes with an open heart and with an open mind to be able to come to a place where both parties truly feel understood. Is there always a compromise? I don't actually like the word compromise in this context because I don't think either party has to compromise. I think there's an understanding and there's a respect. If I give you feedback and I feel understood, I begin to develop respect for you. When I have respect for you and when you have respect for me, then we grow together and then it becomes collaboration, not just individualism. Deep. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking because if I hear you fully, I also gain respect for you. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, I was surprised you said you gain respect for me if I'm listening. And I was like, oh, because I, I also gain respect for you if I'm able to fully hear you and take in as like uh, assuming that that is a honest, healthy, helpful, good contribution to the relationship, which is not what I always do, which is, you know, in past, it would be more like that's not right or that's stupid or something like that in my mind. Yeah. Varied situations. It's the stakes rise and rise because you know, we're also in a moment in the world where, like, we don't have time to, like, make sure we hear everybody and things that people are saying are, like, causing direct harm to people. And it's really hard to then listen to those people with any form of respect because direct harm is being caused. In our relationship, 
pausing is really important continuing to stay in conversation even when it's like sitting in the uncomfortableness of it is really important offering reflections and is really important and 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 amazing how hard that can be oh my gosh don't ever think you're an expert you're it's hard for you too oh babe this is i think continuing in like the continued learning and unlearning of like centuries of condition yeah but i mean in our relationship oh yeah it's it's very difficult for me i think there's multiple different narratives here so say for example you give me feedback i'm really good at the pausing part and i'm really good at the at the like active listening i'm not always as good on the like implementing part which i actually think you're pretty good at oh my gosh thank you for saying so you are not as good at like the pausing or like the listening in the moment but you're really good like you will come back around to something and i will you'll reflect it or like i'll hear you i'll see you like implementing that feedback it's not a complete picture because in the moment i don't feel like safe no no you know when giving it but for me like i make you feel safe but i'm not as good at like implementing it because i later let I, I later let another story creep into my head mm-hmm. and I create excuses or I get defensive in my head and I won't be as good around the kind of commitment or implementation mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I'm one who visibly on the surface. So what makes you a really nice strong. guy then, Mr. Defensive Stubborn? well i think i'm a nice guy because i know how to show up in a situation to make somebody feel comfortable but you're bad to the bone but i'm i'm you know i knew i liked you for some reason (laughs) i'm rotten on the inside (laughs) but (laughs) that's what i'm working on too i'm working on being able to express those things so i begin to create a healing on the inside is so you know that inside outside congruence like that that begins to match Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's really hard Mm -hmm. to do Mm mm-hmm so, so in other words, if if the and that's also why we're a good match, right? And why we trigger each other, um, exactly. Um, and you know, but it it also sounds like the absorption of the smallness, the making someone small, only creates resentment, and it brews something that rots them from the inside, rotten on the inside. You know, I hear that, and then for me like the power and force that I put outside, I don't think it helps my insides either, but it definitely cor- corrodes other people. It it hurts other people. This is good. This well, is Well, it, it creates a really strong foundation inside. And that's good in a way of you feel really confident and centered and... and no, no. It doesn't feel good to overpower somebody. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's not a good feeling. Right. And maybe that's a misperception that I have as somebody who, you know, doesn't well, come across there's, like that. Well, when my confidence ends up impacting somebody else, there that I am honestly, you know, that I didn't know. But then when the firing off at somebody, that that's doesn't feel good. It just doesn't feel good. Like I said, nobody wants to be dominant like that. Right. So do you feel like you're finishing last, especially in the realm of relationships, like you didn't get the people you wanted because you were passed up for the for the bad boys? Um, Not as much in my life in relationships, although I have had that feeling. I think in life I have often felt like I have kind of finished last. Mm-hmm. And I've had that feeling, whether that's been true or not, I don't know. But it's been a story that I have incorporated into my story. Mm-hmm. 
in that I'm a nice guy, so therefore I finish last. I, I hear that, and I can see how that would spread into other areas. Like, you know, there was a lot of sensitivity and hurt around not being able to get pregnant and feel, and somehow taking that on and seeing your guy friends, just like everybody getting pregnant. It was like that. I, I hear that, how that can even get wrapped up there. And you have me and the best baby. The best best family but i but i hear you babe i don't i don't want to discredit that so yeah i just grateful for this conversation i just want you to finish you know alongside me and alongside everybody else yeah yeah finishing last per se isn't necessarily about where you finish it's about what i'm coming away from this from is it's about what story you walk away with about yourself And it's about how that builds because no one in every situation is like on top in everything. That's just not possible and it's not healthy. But people that have continued to cultivate a story and are open to creating a a narrative and a story about themselves that is open and honest and healthy and supportive, they begin, I don't know. I think think a humble strength. I'm just trying to think about it because, because when you're too dominant, you push people away, you're isolated. When you're not, when you don't express yourself, you don't feel understood, you end up, you know, giving way to other people, you feel isolated. It feels very, like you don't feel, so in other words, like you don't feel like you have a place and place is really important. Orienting to what is your place in the world is really important because that's how you build sense of self and community. And then it keeps expanding out into work and relationships, et cetera. So that's what I would say. Yeah. This is a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for letting me fumble through it. You know, we'd love to hear y'all's thoughts about it as well and reach out to us. And I'm sure that you have some. So um, appreciate you all listening. Love you, babe. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.